0: Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. I think this year, more than any other year in our generation, it's clear that we need Jesus. In the midst of a worldwide pandemic, economic turmoil, intense political and ideological division, social unrest, widespread uncertainty, in the midst of all of this, on this Quiet, wintry morning, Jesus comes to us again. And it may seem a little bit mind boggling that Jesus would come to such a mess as this world we live in. But if you look throughout salvation history, we see this pattern over and over again that God enters into the brokenness of our human condition. And what's so striking about Christianity is that you don't have to look into the recesses and the dark shadows of our faith to find this, but you see this pattern in some of the key prominent figures in our faith. So just to go throughout the Old Testament, think about Abraham, our father in faith. In that long genealogy at the very beginning of Matthew's Gospel, Abraham is the first name that we hear. But even Abraham, if you read through the book of Genesis, he was a liar. He repeatedly denied that that Sarah was his wife because he was afraid that God would not protect them. Or think of Moses, the great prophet of the Old Testament, working all these mighty signs and wonders in God's name. He was a murderer and he disobeyed God and because of that was not permitted to enter the promised land. Or think about King David, the greatest of all the kings of Israel. He was a murderer as well and an adulterer. Or think about the Assyrian captivity in 700 B.C. Or the Babylonian captivity in 600 B.C. All of these problems, all these difficulties, all of this messiness for the history of Israel. And it's continued all the way until our own day today. So the point is, God is very familiar with the messiness of humanity. In fact, Jesus being born for us just shows this. Jesus was not born into a fancy royal palace, but he was born into a humble little stable. He was born not with a dramatic, earth shattering display of power and glory, but instead, was made known simply to a few poor shepherds. So this feeling of messiness, this may be new to us, but it's not new to God. The truth is, we have always been a mess. And the problems going on in the world today, this is not what is new. What is new is that we are perhaps more painfully aware of our brokenness now more than ever before. And this brokenness has been present in the heart of the human race from the moment of the sins of our first parents in the Garden of Eden. So this central claim in our faith, this understanding of sin and its effects on us, this completely exposes one of the great lies of the modern world. One of of these lies is that we do not need God. You see, we modern people, we're so sophisticated. We have such mastery over the physical world through science and technology. We are so far beyond all of those generations that have gone before us. All of those people in the dark ages who would use religion as a crutch to sort of bring them comfort in the midst of all of their toil. We're so far beyond that now. You ever heard that type of attitude? It's widespread today. And the truth is, many of us Christians, even though we may not say those things explicitly or believe them, we slowly over time can begin to live out that lie. And what does that look like? As Christians, we begin to live out the lie that we do not need God when we stop going to Mass, when we stop praying every day. When we start filling our hearts and our minds with the pursuit of wealth and worldly comfort. When we slowly embrace patterns of sin rather than reject them. In all of these ways, by the way we live, we show this lie of the modern world that we do not need God. And what makes this deception of the evil one so treacherous is that it, like all of the tricks of the enemy, does contain some truth. Yes, it is true that we have made some pretty incredible advances in science and technology. Probably just about everyone in this room right now is carrying a smartphone in their pocket. And each one of these smartphones is basically a supercomputer that goes far beyond what anyone could have dreamed of even just 50 or 60 years ago. But no amount of science or technology is capable of repairing the brokenness in the human heart. In fact, you could argue that technology in some ways makes it worse. It used to be that one's brokenness could only be extended, the impacts could only go so far as your social circle, you know, the people that you've, you actually know in real life. But now because of social media, you can extend your own brokenness to all the ends of the earth if you want to. No, the only remedy for sin in all of our hearts is grace. And the only source of this grace is Jesus. Now, as hard as this year has been, I would say that in a way it has also been a blessing. Because this year has shown our modern world that is so self-reliant and so secular, just how desperately we need a Savior. When I was in my first year of priesthood, it might have been in the first few months. In fact, I don't remember the timing exactly, but I had a difficult experience that kind of uh, rocked me a little bit. And I don't need to go into all of the details, but there was a situation at the parish where I had to uh, say something to someone that they didn't want to hear. You know, speak speak the truth in love, so to speak, and. Uh, It sort of blew up in my face. They ended up calling the parish office. There were lots of angry phone calls and emails. And other staff members got involved. and, And my brand new little young priestly heart was kind of crushed by all of that. I didn't realize how sensitive I was to wanting people to like me. And I remember going to the chapel to pray about all of it. And I just felt so small and vulnerable. And I remember asking the Lord for the grace to just kind of get through it, and, and just saying, Lord, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is hard. And there's going to be a lot of this type of thing in, in the life of a priest. And what I wanted to hear in that moment of prayer was Jesus consoling me, telling me I was doing a great job, telling me that I didn't have to worry about it. But that's not what I heard. Instead, what I heard Jesus say to me was, Yep, you can't do it. You're not good enough. And don't you ever forget that. I think our whole world has gone through a bit of an experience like that this year. See, when everything's going fine, it's easy to begin to think we don't need God and you sort of drift away from him. So in times of difficulty, it can be very unsettling and it's hard to get through that and we might think this is so difficult, this is not the place to be. But the truth is, the place of difficulty drives us to rely on God and that's exactly where we need to be. And this is the good news of Christmas. That God has come to us in the midst of all of this mess that we live in. We're not simply left here on our own. And in case you wonder if this really makes any difference, there was this Gallup Health and Healthcare Survey that was done this November. They do it every November for the last 20 years. And this year, this survey concluded that Americans who attend religious services weekly are the only demographic group appearing to show improved mental health in the year 2020. And that's despite the pandemic The survey otherwise shows significant self-reported decline in mental health in all the other demographic groups that previously were reporting excellent mental health. So we know, as Christians, the reason for this. The reason for this is because God is here with us. And if you take God out of the picture, then all we're left with is the mess. The human race has been sort of digging itself into a hole for a long time, and we just keep on digging that hole deeper. But at Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God was born for us, that he comes to us in that place of darkness and difficulty, and he shines the radiance of his glory and his grace for all to see. And not only is he present with us, but he shows us the way out. He shows us the way to the kingdom of God our Father. As Christians, we need to remind the world of this more than ever before. That our Savior is not science. Our Savior is not technology, not money, not politics, not government. Our Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And as you enter into this new year, how do you want to live it? Who knows when these lockdowns will end? Who knows what this new year will bring? Who knows what the next crisis will be? And do you want to live through all of that without God in your life? Or do you want to live through the darkness, staying close to the peace and the light and the joy of knowing Jesus? Many of us probably want to forget about the year 2020. Just move on and and get on with it. And certainly, I think we all want to forget about the trials we've gone through, but we should never forget how much this year has shown us that we need to rely on Jesus. So, at some point before this year ends, take some time to pray with Jesus and imagine yourself there in the stable with him. And he's just a little baby, just this humble, vulnerable child. And imagine all the difficulties that were there, the the smelliness of the animals, the cold wind blowing by, the prickliness, the the, the discomfort of the straw that you're kneeling on. And as you're kneeling there before Jesus, bring to him all of the difficulties you've experienced this year. Maybe it's been the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, maybe some very painful division because of the election. And as you're kneeling there with Jesus, ask him for the grace to never forget how much you need him. And ask him for the grace to always be faithful to him in the good years and in the bad years. Because Jesus and Jesus alone is the hope of our world.